Can it be an actual budget deal with no government shutdown? That's what looks like a good possibility as Congress returns to Capitol Hill this week. More of the impeachment paroxysm ahead, to say nothing of Christmas. For a look ahead, we turn to the Fulcrum editor-in-chief, David Hawkins. And I guess this was breaking Friday, and today we might know more. What's going on with respect to the budget that you've heard? That's right. So at the at the end of last week, uh, so so what's going on here is that is you, you talk about the impeachment paroxysm, and it's actually um, in a sort of perverse way, it's created some sort of some space for members of Congress of both parties to do a little bit of of deal making, uh, and so December has actually seen. Um, arguably more legislative victories uh, and bipartisan deal-making that President Trump can claim some credit for than we've seen in in some time. Uh, And the most, most, there was the trade deal that is going to be voted on this week uh, in the House. Last week, there was a um, legislation to allow the government to to help control drug prices and raise the buying age for tobacco. And and now, uh, and then a handshake agreement on a comprehensive uh, appropriations package. Um, the details were being worked out over the weekend, supposed to see those details and essentially see the bill at the start of this week and then get it done uh, before the weekend, before the 20th. This would be a, you know, this would be the entire appropriations uh, package. It would mean no shutdown, as you say, no more stopgap continuing resolutions into the new year, which I think was the sort of conventional bet even a couple of days ago. Um, and and nothing for the president to uh, to to get mad about, uh, assuming he's willing to live with essentially the status quo on his uh, border wall. It would, as I understand the, the emerging deal, it would freeze the border wall money at the uh, amount of money he's spending this year or spent last year. It would not uh, restore the military construction funding that got taken away in order to pay for the wall. Uh, but anyway, the president, you know, can can claim that that it's full steam ahead on his wall, uh, and the Democrats can claim that they really haven't given it a green light. Um, And then, of course, there are dozens, hundreds, really thousands of other little decisions that have been made along the way, made kind of in quiet by the appropriators. Nita Lowy, the retiring Democrat from New York who chairs the House Appropriations Committee, uh, and Richard Shelby of Alabama, the Republican who chairs the Senate Appropriations Committee, and all of their subcommittee chairmen and all the staff, as I say, have really been sort of hiding in plain sight, cutting this huge deal um, while the country's attention has been focused elsewhere. Interesting the way you put it. There is space given by all of the impeachment discussions going down just basically one committee and then another committee in the House. So that gave that space because I've been asked that question even at cocktail parties. The very question, does this impeachment deal encompass the entire Congress? And until such time as the whole House votes on those articles and then the Senate holds its trial, it really has involved a very small number, relatively speaking. It certainly actively involves a small number. I mean, every, of course, every member of the House and every senator uh, is being besieged by um, calls from their constituents, or besieged is a, maybe a too strong a word, but certainly it is um, people are, have passionate views on both sides. But what you hear members say time and time again uh, is that when they go home and visit with their constituents, and have meetings and have office hours. Presidential impeachment is not top of mind for as many people as those of us who live inside the Beltway might think. Aside from that, what can we expect from Congress, if anything, in this coming week? Because they, I presume, are recessed next week. That's right. The, so the uh, this is the last week Congress will be in for this year. Uh, there was some brief talk um, 
that especially if the that if this appropriations budget issue was still sort of hanging fire into the week that they there had been some talk of an extension through the weekend to try and focus the mind and have votes early next week there had also been some talk um about um the senate coming in between christmas and new year's to talk about the trial to conduct the trial that will be set up by these impeachment votes that are happening in the next few days um none of that's going to happen uh they're going to they're going to get it looks as we speak now and of course as i always say i probably said this on your show before congress is a lot like high school or college they tend to procrastinate and then they tend to come up with a burst of activity right before the right before they go home for vacation that could happen again this week, but uh, the betting odds are that they now have uh, they're they're ready to set up um, the votes on the two articles of impeachment, and then the Democratic leadership wants to put policy those po- the, the big policy votes after those impeachment votes, so to to signal that they can you know walk and chew gum at the same time that they can uh they can be be uh, uh they can act against the president and 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 condemn his behavior and and put him on trial in the senate and at the same time make policy the two big votes after that would be this budget vote we've been talking about and the legislation to update uh the mexico canada us trade agreement in a way that um plenty of democrats like and the president likes as well so, as a psychiatrist might say, they're capable of compartmentalizing pretty well. Pretty well, more, you know, and to be honest, better than I I had thought. But this is a little bit more of this is Mrs. Pelosi uh, has tried hard to compartmentalize, and she seems to have pulled it off in a way that I am a little bit surprised at. It, it is a, a bit of a reminder of what happened 20 years ago when uh, President Clinton was impeached, uh, and he was a master compartmentalizer. Uh, one of the most sort of surreal moments of uh, of my time covering Congress was when he was going just going on trial in the Senate at the start of 1999, uh, and he came to the Capitol and gave a State of the Union address and shook hands with all the people who were putting him on trial in the Senate and never mentioned the impeachment trial going on and just laid out his agenda and ultimately had a relatively productive year uh, after that impeachment trial. So maybe we're getting a tiny bit of a reprise of that. And there's an echo of this that's kind of in your wheelhouse these days, and that is there is a major election coming up in 2020, as you have to have your head under a pillow not to be aware of that. But do you anticipate anything legislatively at the federal level to try to do something about perceived real interference from foreign nations? There are still concerns in Congress about whether voting systems have integrity at the state and local level. Do you see anything coming from Congress now that there's a big stakes election coming up? Uh, uh, terrific, terrific question. Um, and yes, this is what the fulcrum pays a lot of attention to. It's, of course, one of the first things we'll be looking for in the uh, in this budget package when we see the details, hopefully, you know, any minute now, uh, to understand precisely how much uh, Congress is going to be willing to spend between now and the election, essentially in grants to the states to allow them to modernize their election systems, to buy uh, it's, it's sort of a back to the future thing with election security. Touch screen only, the touch screen only machines that were all the rage when uh, when this millennium began are now seen as quite vulnerable to hacking. And what they really want, what we really want, the 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 industry standard is a machine that can generate a paper ballot, a paper a paper trail. Um, so there's hundreds of millions. The House had agreed to I think 600 million dollars. 
the Senate to $250 million. Presumably, they'll meet in the middle on spending on that. But beyond that, um, Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader, has been quite resistant until this point to any other uh, policy provisions uh, written uh, in the name of boosting election security. He says um, he doesn't want more federalization of the election systems, which, of course, are run by some 6,500 states, counties, and cities. Uh, He doesn't want a federal election system, and he says a lot of this is unnecessary, and he knows um, that President Trump um, is quite uh, resistant to more policy changes because he doesn't want to raise any of the specter that his own election from 2016 was illegitimate. That having been said, there is one thing worth mentioning, which is legislation that has a significant amount of bipartisan support. It's called the Honest Ads Act. And what it would require is that um, is that this, social media platforms and others who host online political advertising would have to disclose who paid for the ads uh, in the same way that these disclosures are required for radio and TV ads, but because of a loophole in the law, because the law was written really before the rise of online advertising, there is no such requirement for online advertising and advocates uh, of this bill say it would go a long way to at least exposing if Russians or other um, unsavory characters tried to interfere with our election by spreading disinformation campaigns online. I'm hanging Chad, and I approve this ad. Exactly right. You'll have to look it up if you don't know what that means. David Hawkins is editor-in-chief of the (laughs) Fulcrum. As always, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.